Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Come on, G, kick it. Legit sad. This loss. Yeah, tonight was depressing. Welcome to the TOT Podcast, Tip the Tower, where we're sad, depressed, lonely, <laughs> this Friday night. You want me to put some cheeriness into this? You sure. know how we have our Raptors future bet to win the East? That's no. pretty much a tire fire. It's why done. did you just tell Why do you remind me? It's 3-0. Well, you know, it's you a know write-off say You can point. save 10% or less than switching the car insurance to Geico? <laughs> Hold on a second. I've been hedging hard. I've been like hemorrhaging money on the Cavs spread mm-hmm. halftime you name it so mm-hmm. these blowouts I've more than made our futures bet back yeah, I see so that's the only bright side of that now the downside of that is it comes at our own um, misery at, our, <laughs> at the Raptors expense man <sighs> what is what where do you want to start I mean there's there's different ways to start at the end of the day they're still down 3-0 but there's some things we can kind of weave through here just hit open threes, dog. Like pretty, pretty much, I would say seventy five percent of the threes that they had were just open. And you know, I wrote in the, my piece that I went up today. It was just like they just don't have. Okay, look at the Cavs. Where like Channing Frye and Kyle Korver on their team, right? And anytime they shoot the ball, you're like, it's going in. You know, they're open. When they're open, you can openly hear the the crowd groan. When Kyle Korver or Channing Frye gets the ball while they're open, the Raptors don't have anybody that's like that, and uh, they're paying dearly for it. Did I think they're only going to hit what like two? I think what was it two threes, three threes today? No, but I don't expect them to be hitting like ten in in, in the game. Yeah, the perimeter is actually depressing to look at because you uh, look. I'm not saying the Raptors are full of sharpshooters by any means. I mean, we saw it the first half of the season, Terrence Ross. And Kyle Lowry made up, I want to say, half, if not more than half of this team's threes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is like, this isn't even D League level. Yeah, this is a tr- it's atrocious, man. It's just, uh, there's no way to fix it at this point because the only way to fix it is just making them. And uh, over the past three games, they've not been able to make them. And that's it. <laughs> I, look, I know the adage, it's a make or miss league. It's a cliche you hear it time and time again every postseason, and you also hear how the talent generally rises to the top. In the I don't really think it's a man. I don't think these guys are wide open. I don't think it's a cliche. It's like you know, well, it's basketball you, in a nutshell, right? If like you, you go break two basketball of, down to the very fundamentals, yeah, that's like what it is. if you go two of eighteen from range, like you're going to lose. <laughs> like I can't even. Can you even name me a team that would, like, maybe the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies shoot threes now. Like, there's no team that you can just go 2 of 18 from 3 and win. None. On top of that, when you're not even rebounding that well, dude, if you can't rebound well, you can't shoot from, not even from the perimeter. Like, look how many of the Raptors points tonight were from the restricted area. 
Yeah, exactly. This is not the 90s. <laughs> it's not the 80s. You, just, you can't win like that. Yeah. And one of the problems were, like, Norman Powell could not buy a foul call at all. Like, you know, those points in the restricted area. Those could have been free throws for him, but, like, the rest are just not calling it. There was even that, like, ex- ex- that uh, foul by Kyle Korver that was supposedly just a ball out um, that they didn't call. That was pretty obvious. And then there were just a bunch of others in in the paint where he just could not get a foul call at all and uh, suffered for it, man. I mean, what that was it? to be expected, though. I don't think anybody was surprised that Six Norman Powell didn't get the foul calls. Some of them were blatantly obvious. Yes, wrong. yes. I've been banging this drum at will. But this is no secret of the NBA, especially in the postseason. This is how it works. I just stopped fighting it. I've accepted it. So yeah. no surprise. Here's what's really surprising for me. Mm-hmm. The Cavs played with what? Scale of one to ten for intensity tonight. I'll, I'll put it at a two, maybe. It was like three. a yeah, man. It was like they were so they weren't even flat. Trying. They were so flat today, man. There was no time where I was like, oh man, they're just like killing us until the fourth quarter. It was just like you know they're going along. The Raptors are like they the Raptors couldn't hit a three. If the Raptors could have hit threes this game, they would have blown them out. They would have blown, blown out the Cavs. Cavs. They would have killed oh. the Cavs. Yeah, they would have housed them hard. Like if they shot here's, just like. Here's... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, they just shot 33%. I don't I'm about to bust out the calculator here. It's like, what? <laughs> but if they just shot, like, an average percentage, which is about what I think is 35 or 36% from three, they would have destroyed the Cavs in this game. Right? They, yeah. they lost by, what, like, 17? Or, well, they lost by 17 in the competitive portion of the game, and it went down to, to 21. Like, all they have to do is hit, like, a couple of threes. That's, that's five threes. Five threes to at least bring you back to fifteen. You're within striking distance. And if you and they were wide open, bro. These were more than like these were like better than fifty percent chance three point shots, and they're just missing them. They're shots you should make every time. To be honest, yeah. In the postseason, regular season, look. If you don't make them, that's cool. I get that everybody's off nights in an eighty two game schedule, but in the postseason, you can't miss these, or you're where the Raptors are right now. For me, what was also surprising about the Cavaliers, on top of their lack of effort which I don't think was any more apparent than when LeBron James covered DeRozan for, I want to say, maybe two series in a row. And then he kind of looked at JR and Shumper and said, you guys take them, man. It's, it's light. Like That was the most disrespectful yeah. Raptors-ish thing I've seen this series, which is very frustrating. But the Cavs only had 15 assists tonight. For a team that whips the ball around and has made a ton of threes off of assists – 15 and when we lost by 21 you seen those lebron like spin left-handed floaters in the lane he was just trying to <laughs> you know like three-point shots over serge Ibaka. like it's ridiculous you know lebron didn't need to take a vacation this year he didn't take it because he's taking it right now <laughs> yeah he's in what he likes to call chill mode the chill mode uh remember he used to call that all the time he yeah. bring up chill mode he's yeah. in full-blown chill mode now the thing is for him like the minutes, I remember that minutes thing was becoming like a huge issue for him during the regular season where he was playing like an absurd amount of minutes. But in the playoffs, they just like sweep your opponents, you rest for a week. Right? Yeah. And here's so. the best part about this is LeBron's dropping 30 plus every game, 35 tonight. Mm-hmm. And he's casually dropping these because yeah, people are going to casual you know, 30, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then they're trying to hack him. He's 15 to 16 from the line again tonight. Yeah. As, I don't, I, I don't even know what to, I don't know, man. It's just like it was almost a triple double today. He basically averaged, I don't know, it was like, yeah, 35, 8, and 7 steal. He put a triple double at like, man, 50, 50. this is like if you listen to like your podcast and you put on half speed, 
<laughs> it's really slow and you're like oh my god that's how lebron's playing tonight uh, i feel like the raptors were a nuisance to him he probably has reservations for what 10 30 he's like wait let's get this shit done him and drake like, that's are probably, what i felt like him and drake are probably gonna go hang out after that's yeah. what the reservations for drake's probably telling me no so i'm a free agent this year <laughs> Cleveland's not very nice but you know we could do a playoff thing set it up oh, you know <laughs> he showed up which was amazing can you believe that drake was at the game yeah, <laughs> he Honestly, was a- man, I want to be excited about this. I genuinely do, but considering the way the rest of the game played out, it got sucked right out of me. We'll, we'll have like a Chronicles of Drake podcast, like we keep saying, when the season's over. <laughs> when the season's but tonight, over. I, like I was amped when he first showed up. I was like, "Yo, yeah, he's alive! He's alive! He actually, like, uh, he actually knows the Raptors exist for once." <clears throat> I mean, I had a little theory about why he was never here, you know. And I mean, it's kind of null and void now, but uh. His house wasn't finished. So maybe Drake had nowhere to live in Toronto. That's why he couldn't come back here. You know? Just a side thought. Because oh, I, I don't have any other reasons why Drake couldn't come to any Raptors games. Yeah, it's like he doesn't have a he doesn't have a friend where he can just like crash at <laughs> for a day. Is Drake's he, too good for that. Yeah, is he just too good for that now where he can't crash at somebody else's house? Like ten years ago he was probably doing that all the time. Oh man, this hurts. This loss honestly hurts me. It was just demoralizing because these were all the moves that were kind of put in place to beat the Cavs. And now you got to wonder if you're Messiah Jury. It's human nature to be questioning yourself and going, did I miscalculate? I don't see any miscalculation, man. I just... It's just hit the three. <laughs> because it's so stupid how simplistic it comes out. It's like, bro, just if you hit the threes, we'd have been in this game. And like... That's every game so far in this series. Is like if we just hit threes, we'd be in this game or be in the series. That could yeah. probably be two one. It could be two one either way if they were hitting threes, and uh, they just don't. Like they just don't. If I'm Masai Ujiri, I think my my calculus in the off season, if I'm going to try and keep together this team in any way, is like I just need snipers from deep. Like I need just excellent, excellent three point shooters. Well, here's the problem with trying to do that, because I wholeheartedly agree. You gotta let some guys walk. Because mm-hmm. the the ideal free agent would be like a JJ Redick type dude. I don't see him coming here. I see him going to a bona fide contender, but that's a whole other offseason topic. But the the point of it is though, those guys don't come cheap. Even like a Tony Snell is gonna get ten to maybe as high as fifteen mil. I mean, we saw Damari Carroll fetch fifteen mil, so mm-hmm. not to rule that out, but that tells you what the market is for these three and D guys that are Legit thirty-five to forty percent on a season-to-season basis. Right. I don't. They, don't they don't even need three and D. Like the only bad defensive player on the team right now is uh, Demar Derozan. That's a MAJV as well. If people have learned anything from the NBA this year and watching it transition from this three-centric shoot from nearly half court, sometimes like the heat check is no longer a real thing because the heat check better be from like. The logo. Yeah, the heat check is from <laughs> the logo. Like <laughs> the heat check is dead. If you're around but, the arc, it's 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 supposed to go in. Yeah. Right? Like regardless if, if like you shots if you're seven of eight, nine of nine of ten, if you're three of eight, like if you're near the line, it's supposed to go in. Yeah. There's anything they've learned through watching all this though. Defense isn't necessarily as important as it once was. You look at teams like the Warriors, yes, they can put the clamps whenever they need to. But look at the Rockets. Look at the Cavs, for example. Yeah, you're right. It's a lot different now. They can outscore you, and little things that we've seen the Cavs do in the Rockets at times against the Spurs, 
hard trap. Hard trap, double team, you know, basically force them to pass the ball to the weak link, make a shot, or just, uh, you're, you're essentially gambling, but it's a new wave of defense that we're seeing now, and it's working. Yeah. I mean, it's like gambling, but you're playing the percentages. You're just like, well, their best player, obviously, is the most efficient player on their team. So when uh, DeLon Wright has to, like, line up a shot from the top of the arc, you're like, okay, well, I'll live with that. Like, it's like, it's like DeMar DeRozan mid-ranger, DeLon Wright three-pointer, DeLon Wright three-pointer sounds more appetizing to me. Yeah, it sounds really simplistic, but that's <laughs> genuinely what it is now. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the game has become... I wouldn't say it's distilled, but it's become refined to a point where the percentage is like the game was played and then you re- it revealed the percentages of shots and like where it's better to take shots on the floor, who's better at shots in specific areas. And it's come to a point where like uh, every person has like a refined specific role, right? And if you have to do something outside of your specific role, then that's a win for the defense or for the other team in general. So, like, when DeMar DeRozan can't get to the rim and he has to pass the ball to, to uh, like, P.J. Tucker at the top of the arc, just, P- P- in fact, P.J. Tucker having the ball, that's a win for the defense. Like, if he can't shoot, because he's not, like, a shooter in any way, right? He's not going to, like, uh, scorch you on the pick and roll or anything like that. So, him having the ball, they're like, yes, we wanted that. Do whatever you want. Shoot it. You know? Exactly. That's, like, <laughs> legitimately perfect summary of all that. The other thing I find interesting, though, if you want to go into, like, the analytics and heat maps and shot selection, all that. Mm-hmm. Quarter threes has became all the rage in the NBA because it's closer three. It's easier because you're dead on. The Raptors can't make any of them. I haven't any, checked the numbers from tonight's game. They can't make a but, single corner three. They made dude, one corner three off of Corey Joseph in the right corner. I think that's Only one third. tonight? Because i got to go back and check. But yeah, I, I haven't looked at the statistics yet. That's the only one I can remember. Him, him and Norman Powell. Him and Norman Powell. No, I'm tripping. So it's bad. like Corey Joseph didn't even make a three. It was P.J. Tucker. I don't know, man. <laughs> Either way, it's still bad. But it's, to give you an idea of how bad it's been and how much of a difference it's been in this series, the Cavs have made 10 of 18 three-point attempts from the corners. The Raptors, 2 of 18. That's prior to tonight's game, but I would imagine those numbers look even more disgusting when you look at tonight's box score and add it in. The only three-pointer I remember is uh, the Norman Powell in the corner, in the right corner. That's it. So everything else I don't is, remember many. Everything else is, you know, that's just a loss. Just take a loss on that. Ah, man. Man, it's Who's so exciting. the most disappointing Raptor for you? The most disappointing? I think there's an easy Serge answer. Ibaka. So, so like it's Serge Ibaka is oh, the most really? e- easily. Easily. I mean, I'm watching his, like, I'm watching his, uh, his uh, shot selection in this game. And it was just atrocious, bro. Like, what is he doing? L-O-L. That's all I got to say to his shot selection. First of all, why are they ever going to him in the post? That doesn't make any sense. And then second of all, why is he taking turnaround mid-rangers in the post? I'm never really like it. Wait, you don't was, like his one-leg fadeaways? Off he's balance? doing it in the regular season. And I was like, man, I can't believe they're going to him in the post and he's shooting these fadeaways. It looks so weird, even though it goes in, right? And now it's the playoffs. Like, he's taking them and they look weird and they never go in. I was like, this is why he never took those shots in Oklahoma City. So Serge Baca, and then like the easy answer, the easiest, easiest answer is probably Patrick Patterson. Hundred percent, without question. It's too easy to pick on him. Way too easy. He didn't even attempt a shot tonight in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. That dude is mentally fucked right now. To put it bluntly, <laughs> uh, twenty minutes, twenty minutes and zero shot attempts. Wow. He's got one minutes. board and one assist. That's it. 
Come yeah. on, man. That's not Patrick Patterson. And then Dem- – like, yeah. I don't know who this is. This is somebody like, man, sleeping under the gardener. They just woke up and like, hey, you want to play tonight? Like, that's literally what this guy is. Yeah. Uh, and then <clears throat> Damari Carroll, you know, I, I just don't even know Sunk what he – I don't even, don't even know what he is at this point. Like uh, he kind of reminds me of Matt Barnes on the Clippers, like when Matt Barnes was on the Clippers. Where he was that's, kinda, nice. that's a good call. Like, he was kind of like, you know, kind of a three-point shooter, kind of a defender, but not really, you know, he's kind of just, like, masking over that position. He's not like... The reason why I say that's I wouldn't nice say he's, like, a negative... You're there's potential. He, they were both... In the, I mean, Matt Barnes is, like, 35 now. He was, like, 30... 30-something? 30 31? 32 then? So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> watch a lot of <laughs> basketball. So, like... Um, yeah, Demory Carroll is just, like... It's just, like, a meh. He's just so meh. Like, the worst kind of meh, too. It's just like, you see him on the floor, he doesn't really do much. And uh, he's only played four minutes in the, in this game, and he's like his minutes constantly getting decreased. Like, I don't even understand why he's... They might as well trade him, to be honest. <laughs> like, you won't might... get anything for him right now. Like, Norman Powell, and I wrote this in my notes, I'm like, does Norman Powell just make Damari Carroll obsolete? Yes. Because he just does the same thing better everything better literally everything better right and he even has that element of a uh, shot creation that D- damari thinks he has when he's driving to the basket and then like he loses the handle like every single time and um <laughs> he's just like two three inches shorter man i just he even played well against lebron today like decently he played pretty decent against lebron today so i don't know considering the size discrepancy and strength discrepancy dude i think he played outstanding yeah so i just Demar Carroll's just like, whatever, dude. I can live without him. I'm with you on that. I mean, was Norm trying to do too much at times tonight? Maybe forcing up a couple threes a, and a shots in the bit. lane? Yes, but consider the circumstances. There's no Kyle Lowry. He kind of became the de facto number two, not by choice. Like, yeah. just the way it worked tonight. That always and, happens to him, by the way. <laughs> That's how he gets yeah, into Yeah, always. Like, in, even in a regular season when DeMar DeRozan got injured, it's like, all right, Kyle Lowry or uh, Norman Powell, you're the number two now. I mean, he's, yeah. It's just, it's always happened to him, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I got man. three questions for you after. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Number one, what are your thoughts on P.J. Tucker? I'm kind of on the fence with how he's played. I think he's frustrated beyond belief because the guy's such a competitor, but I don't know. I just feel like there's something off there, and you can read a lot. He's not a guy that hides his emotions. You can see his body language, and I think he speaks volumes about what's going on in that Raptors locker room. Is it me or is he the person that cares like the absolute most? That's why I think you could read a lot off of him. Right. When I'm watching him, like, uh, first of all, remember when they lost the first game to the Bucks, and uh, they went into the locker room and like the guys were like, they weren't cheery, but they weren't down. They were just like, oh, yeah, we lose the first game every time. You know, it's like, just, you know, it always happens. And he, he was, like, in the locker room. He's, like, you know, distraught. He's, like, this is weird, dude. Nobody should be, like, <laughs> nobody should be happy or anything. Like, we just lost the first game in the playoffs. Like, this is awful. I don't get why everybody is so, like, normal, normalized to this. And I'm watching him in this in this series. Like, he's taking, basically, like, it's, like, a personal, um, a personal effect to the game. Like, everything he's doing is, like, personally putting, like, 110% into it. And you see him on the bench, like, he just looks, man, he just looks like his, his dog just died or something. Or maybe not even that. It looks like, you know, somebody set his house on fire. Like, he looks pissed on the bench. So, I, I'm lo- I love him, man. I think he's playing well. 
you hit a three today <laughs> if you hit a three today you're in my good book so norman powell pj tucker that's it there's only people that are in my good books today for me with pj tucker i've watched this guy play since high school all the way to texas where he was a beast on a rick barnes He's just he's a ferocious competitor all the time and he does not like having soft players around him. Right. And I think he views a lot of players in the Raptors as a soft mentality. Like I think some guys in there are like, Yeah, you know, I mean look what LeBron's doing. Like it's hard to beat the Cavs and they play this well. Like mm-hmm. not to read too much into Demar to into DeMar DeRozan's comments about I'll give you a hundred bucks if you know how to stop LeBron James. But I think that kind of stuff absolutely pisses PJ Tucker off to the extreme. So I think he's kinda of frustrated with his team might be uh might be a little bit soft. Yeah, I mean, I would be too, especially if I was in his position where, like, he's he bounced around the league, he was in Phoenix, and he finally comes to a playoff team, and he's like, it's time to do some work, you know? <laughs> like, he's been putting in all this work his entire career. He's finally on a team that would vindicate all the work that he's been doing, and uh, they're just not. <laughs> and if They're mentally soft. Right, and if I was that, I'd be like, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I'm doing... Like he's a he's a basically like he's not the garbage man, but he's the utilitarian on the team man. He's doing all the gr- like he's a grinder, you know, just like in hockey, he's just a grinder. And, yeah, to uh, a T. Right, so you somebody needs to score the goals, and if you're grinding, if you're grinding for nothing, you lose like o three in all of your hockey games. You just be like, fuck it, man, I'm not gonna do anything. <laughs> it's like, like it doesn't. Like, it's it's true point? though. It's, it's so like, true. It's like, what's the point, man? I'm not gonna grind for uh, grind for what dust. Right, I'm grind. Like, if you want to grind, you're grinding for the Stanley Cup, not for dust, not for just like you know ice pellets. It doesn't make any sense. So that's why he's pissed. I'd be, I'd be pissed too. I'm upset. If I wasn't so sad, I'd be upset. I share the same sentiment with him. Segwaying into another grinder, though. This question number two for you, Dwayne Casey. Fan base, no matter who you talk to right now. Fire Casey is really? all I'm hearing from everybody left, right, and center. Really? What is he supposed Man. to do? Ah, but what does he keep saying to everybody? Between the text messages I'm getting and group chats and stuff, people are going off about fire Casey, fire Casey. I go, what the hell do you guys want him to do? Yeah, I don't see any. Um, there's nothing he could do in this situation. Like people just need to hit shots. I mean, what what did the Raptors faithful tell you, man? What does John tell you, John? <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. You know, we'll do a live Q&A right here. Go <laughs> Should the Raptors fire Dwayne Casey? I think so. You see? One Why? right there. Why, though? Come, well, come why? over here. Come over here. My buddy John here. He's going to come on and tell us why we should fire Dwayne Casey. This is our Raptors casual list at the moment. They're faithful. Great to be here. Long-time listener. <laughs> I think we should fire Casey just because I feel like the message is wearing thin in the locker room. It's It's not working anymore. You can you can see you can see it on the players' faces. He's yelling, he's shouting. I love his energy. I think he's a really good coach, but I'm not seeing the response from the players on the floor. And at that point, you got to make the change. That's more thought out than anybody else I've gotten from yeah. tonight. Everybody else tonight is like, you fire him because the Raptors are shit and they're losing to everybody. I go, okay, <laughs> um, sure. You know, like, what do I do? Do I arb on that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no replies. I don't know. So yeah, I can I can understand that. That's a that's an issue if you're an authoritarian type of coach, you know, and especially if you're not. But they've been progressing, which is the you know that's the thing. I mean, this is like a this is like one of their first setbacks, other than the Wizards series. Um, yeah, I guess if you know if people are just yelling, this is, this is bigger than a setback, tomorrow. So <laughs> for eighteen from three, that's it's bigger than a setback. But how's that on him though? I just. 
the roster needs to be reconstructed for sure, but I just don't think he's the right man to be in charge. And I'm personally a firm believer in longevity, time, and letting things mature organically. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it can happen here anymore. Okay. Damn. Those are harsh words from the from the faithful, the Raptors faithful, man. Calling for uh, Dwayne Casey's head. It's pretty sad. It is. It is. I mean, a lot of people, like, the problem is they don't know who to replace him with, but... There's a few options, and I know the obvious is Jerry Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Man, a lot of that is contingent on who they bring back on this roster for next season. Because you're going to obviously bring – the coach is going to be married to if they sign Kyle Lowry. If they re-sign Kyle Lowry to a max deal, that coach is married to him. Right. And right now, Dwayne Casey and him, you know, they go hand in hand. It's been tenuous. So, uh, it's been tenuous. Yeah. You know, throughout the, se- Mr. Throughout John, the season. Thank you. Month. Thank you for your debut. Thank you, sir. No problem. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, yeah. The, that, that leads to the final question, though, DeMar, is right. uh, Kyle Lowry. What do you do? That was the other thing I got a lot of texts and comments from people tonight about how this guy, you can't bring him back. He's always hurt. Oh. Even when he plays, you know, it, how effective is he? There's always something with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it goes to the same question as Dwayne Casey. If you let Kyle Lowry go. Okay. Question mark? Okay. Massive oh. question mark. Well, from what I've seen with Norman Powell, Corey Joseph, you know, Delon Wright, etc. I mean, I've been the I've been I've been the advocate for like not blowing it up, but uh just like going with the youth movement, which is technically blowing it up, but whatever. Um I've been an advocate for that for the past, I think the past two years, at least this year, for sure this year, at the beginning of this year, I wanted to, I've been wanting to do that. But uh, if you don't resign Kyle Lowry, then it just makes sense to do the youth movement thing. You know, you lose Serge Ibaka, you lose. The only thing that really hurts about it is losing Serge Ibaka because you traded a pick away to get him. But uh, other than that, it's, you know, Jonas, you keep Jonas on the squad, you know, Corey Joe. Norman Powell, Pirtle, Jakob, Bruno, <laughs> DeLon Wright. You know, they're young pieces on the team. It's just, you know. Uh, it's if you're willing to go through those growing pains. Yeah. That's the other side. Yeah. That would like, be painful, especially for a guy like DeMar DeRozan. He signed here long-term with the mindset that this team is trying to compete. Right. Yep. Not saying I feel bad for him, but I think that's also a sign of where the Raptors' mentality is at. Yeah. Well, this team, I don't think, is looking to rebuild. Hey, man, you got to be better than LeBron. I'm, there's gonna be have, there's gonna be a, like a smooth like a smooth move by uh, Masai Ujiri or something to like to uh, to make this team transcendent because it's like a it's a really good regular season team, decent postseason team, sort of. Um, yeah, I, mean, I have some ideas. Yeah, hit some. me, hit me. I hit you with a few before we go. Okay. Bring back Lowry. Let Ibaka walk. Whoa. Let Patterson walk. Whoa. So who bring back Tucker. Forward? You bring back Tucker. You go try and get Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. The mystical Wilson Chandler. Yeah, I know. I know Like a lot of these things are based around what-if scenarios and acquiring this guy. And it's tough to acquire those guys without capital mm-hmm. because capital's draft picks and the Raptors got one now. Right. And you know maybe they could package it with, like I don't know, Damari Carroll and a prospect. Because that would have to match up in terms of salary. Okay. But I think fully committing to this loading up on wing guys or playing this new blend of uh, threes that are actually not fours, but they're playing four. Like, I right. think that might be an option that the Raptors have to go. And, of course, 
adding more shooters, man, all over the place. Like that, that would be obvious areas of need. But mm-hmm. I think that'd be something. The only problem is, is that man, Lowry and Ibaka have the same agent, right? <laughs> Trying to make those negotiations. Uh, wink, wink, uh, contract deals. Right. I want the I want the max. If I'm not getting the max, you know, I might I might not sign with Ibaka. Yeah. <laughs> See, if you're the agent, I, I know, man. If you want to be despi- really if you want to be despicable as an agent, I'm not getting the max with Kyle Lowry. All right, me and Lowry and Ibaka are signing elsewhere. You see what I? <laughs> yeah, no, I understand it. That's what's scary about it. Is I mean, keep in mind his agent negotiated Mozgov's deal last year. <sighs> that's that's such a great he deal. He is not like, getting cheated. If you're Mozgov, like he just got set by your agent, eh? Like that's a great. That's his agent probably got like an extra percentage or something like that. Just like like a gratitude <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> like man, he set me up. What's more frustrating about that deal that he negotiated is it screws up the market because now you got guys like Ian Mahimi, Timothy mm-hmm. Mozgov making a little bit more or a little bit less than Jonas Valanciunas. Right. So what the hell is JV actually worth? Remember when they nope. remember when they signed him to that deal? Like what was great it, two, on the surface. Two years ago, I was like, man, they locked up JV. He's a performer in the postseason. He's just gonna get better and better. And now we're here. We're we're here, and he's like, um, we're just like, uh, can we get a draft pick, maybe, or like a like a wing guy? Will you take the salary, please? <laughs> yeah, please? it's not even the salary. <laughs> the salary isn't really the big deal. It's just like I need a different center. He doesn't need a different center completely. Like he's just well, not. He needs to somehow evolve into a Jokic type player, which isn't happening. Which isn't happening. But Jokic is not even a good defensive player. He's actually. I know, in... but you know what? I can live with that if he's willing to put in the offense like that. Okay. The Jokic. Jokic can shoot the three offense, though. Dude. Jokic is like a massive, like he's an offensive mastermind. Like he has the passing, yeah. three point shooting, the post, everything. I know it's not happening with JV, but that's the only way big men like him are going to survive now, in my opinion. Hit the three, baby. Look at guys like Lamarcus Aldridge, even. Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge. This guy was Aldridge, one of the yeah. best pick and pop players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening this year, but his decline is real. And you look at that and you go, okay, so big men obviously don't age as well as guards. Uh, even more reason to worry about JV's contract. I know he's young, <laughs> but man, like the shooting is not just going to come with his age. If anything, yeah. it's going to get worse. It could get. It can go either way, really. But I'm not really satisfied with something like that. It could go either way. Because then if he becomes like a three-point shooter or some semblance of a three-point shooter, then he's just kind of like a... He's just just like a better version of... He's like rich man Spencer Haas. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, he's a rich man Spencer, Spencer Haas. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we are as a franchise, guys. Rich man Spencer Spencer Hawes. There's a lot of questions this offseason. Tons. It's going to make it really fun to go through and like cover. Mm. But right now it's extremely frustrating because there's a ton of uncertainty around this team. Down 3-0 to the Cavs. Nobody expected this. <sighs> yeah, some people did. Some people were like, yeah, you know. Bring them forth. <laughs> they don't live. They don't live in Canada. <laughs> Those people don't live in Canada. But they're okay. Both. Let me rephrase that. Then anybody who has watched a lot of NBA this year did not expect this. Yes. Yeah. If they did, they're full of shit. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. Yeah. They, this was gonna be like a. If we're being a hundred percent honest. It was gonna be like a five, six gamer, maybe seven, 
if like you know some like DeMar DeRozan or like Lowry went for like 50 in a game or something you know what I mean yeah I mean if it was a five game series I thought they would have been closer games yeah this man is, the games are just like stomp, they're just God. stomps which doesn't make any sense like it doesn't <laughs> they shouldn't just be de- like demolished like this in every game they're not like, even the close dis- the disparity is not that big in, in, in skill dude like the <laughs> Or at least I don't think it is. Like, there's LeBron, but, like, everybody, like the, the disparity between, like, DeMar DeRozan and Kyrie Irving isn't that great. I don't think it's that great. And, like, Kyle Lowry and Love, I don't think the disparity between skills is that great. And then, like, Channing Fry is in, like, an amazing player. Like, he's a shooter. Great. Right? Corey Joseph, like, this just... It just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's more... T- <laughs> there's more, like, um lower... Like, the high-end talent, obviously, it's the Cavs. But, like beneath that like the others like the pieces it's all the raptors have better pieces than the Cavs do this yeah doesn't make any sense that's what's so frustrating oh man this reminds you know what this reminds me of that hawk series when the hawks won like 60 games and then the Cavs just like dismantled them that's a really good comp actually now that you mention it and we saw how the hawks turned out after that oh damari carroll was on that team too <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, oh this is this is it, isn't it? This is the dark timeline, man. But probably the darkest timeline. This in is this the year. darkest. Like you're gonna hear things this offseason about uh, tank for R.J. Barrett. And for those of you that don't know who R.J. Barrett is, Rome Barrett Jr., go look him up. You might be on the whole. You know what? Let's tank for this kid. Train <laughs> Canadian. He's from Mississauga. His dad is a Canada basketball legend. Mm-hmm. Actually, runs a program. Go look him up. Yeah, go look him up. All right, man. Not encouraging you to tank, but you know, I'm just oh, saying, look him you up. See, see the, you the tank. See, you're, your on, mind. you're on. You're on board. Team, team, uh, youth movement. Well, here, mm-hmm. when does LeBron slow down? That's the real question in the East. Probably because we're not getting next. a superstar, man. Then, like, when does he slow down? Like year after next, because LeBron's what 31 now, so 33. I can't imagine LeBron doing such a grand, grand things at the age thirty-three. I'm actually googling his, his <laughs> googling his age right now, but I'm pretty sure he's thirty-one right now. LeBron's thirty-two right now, so at thirty-four, right? Can't imagine him just like wrecking the league like that. It's just not, it's not possible, not feasible, right? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> done. Maybe not right? the regular season. But I feel like he can take those extendo vacations. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, casually stroll in the postseason, 35, 36. Right. Not in a sense where he can dominate the game like he is now, but still have a huge impact. Like 25, 25, 5, 5, or something like that. If he's doing that, still going, they're still running through the East. Oh, my goodness. What a beast LeBron is. Like, just to be honest, like, LeBron is just like. From like his his uh play his play to just like his body, man is just a monster, in a good way, but he's still just a monster. He's gonna pass Jordan in points this year for playoff points. So yeah. I don't know for those of you that are statistic heavy, and I know, don't worry, I know Jordan never lost the finals. It was an MVP. I, yeah, I know he lost so many times in like the first and second rounds. Don't don't mention that tomorrow. <laughs> what about those? That the '90s fans are gonna—they're gonna grill you for that. I and the Jordan they lovers—they're gonna come at you hard. I swear they never forget that. It's like, oh, you never lost in the finals, but like, yeah, the second round though. <laughs> the second and third round. What about those? Couldn't beat the Celtics or Pistons for a long time. Look, there's a lot of similarities and parallels between LeBron and Jordan, 
I think when LeBron retires, we'll start having that conversation a lot more. And it'll be taken a lot more seriously because people are going to really look back and be like, mm-hmm. LeBron, holy the only shit, thing, this guy do everything. The only thing that he's missing is like that Defensive Player of the Year award. And he wanted that when he was on, yeah, he did. When he was on in Miami. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. That's you know what? If, if he was doing the same things in that year, I think it was 2011, 2012. If he was doing the same things in that year now, like defensively, where he was actually like kind of like Draymond Green, and he was like stuffing uh, Tiago Splitter at the rim, doing crazy think, stuff. Dude. Then I think he would have been actually. I think he would have actually won it. Like I think they're just smarter about what defense is now. That he probably would have won the defensive player of the year. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. All right. On that note. We'll see you guys after Sunday's game when uh, hopefully we're talking about what's going to happen in Game 5, the inevitable defeat. And hopefully it's not a sweep. But until then, guys, thanks for listening. As always, you can follow us on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow our Facebook or Twitter at Tip of the Tower as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow DeMar on Twitter at DeMar J. Grant. Have a cold one tonight, guys. I, I don't know, man. I got, I got nothing good to say. Yeah, TGIF. I don't know. Go outside. Enjoy your friends. Have a drink. It's ten fifteen as of uh, ending this, so you know the <laughs> night is young. The night is young. <laughs> All right, later, yeah, guys. Yeah, three and a half hours. The last call. Take care, guys.